Hello, world singers. My name is Brooke. And I'm Tyler. And this is Cosmere Cosmere Conversations. Welcome back for part two of our epigraph series. This is our second in the series, and it is about epigraphs. Part part two. two. (laughs) This is all happening about Rhythm of War. We are deep in our second reread. Well, we're just reading lots of Rhythm of War and listening for those that are on the audiobooks as well. We have had a very exciting couple of weeks here. And the epigraphs specifically are one of my favorite things to explore. Like one of the mysteries that is very Stormlight Archive important. Yeah, they're such a small piece of like the actual books, but they are laden with information and insight. In particular, I would say this part two epigraph series. Yeah, because it's another one of the letters that we've seen often in part twos of the Stormlight Archives. And this, when we were first reading Rhythm of War, I think you will agree with me, these epigraphs blew my mind. Every one, I was each like, sentence oh my god, oh my god, just, oh my god, what, what, what? You almost want to pull a Harry and just skip to the next epigraph. Yeah, and just read them. <laughs> Of course, that is exactly what we are going to do here. We're going to read the entire thing. We're going to break it down, make all those Cosmere connections. You, if you have any thoughts about the epigraphs or Rhythm of War specifically, can reach out to us on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook. We are everywhere. We also have a Patreon, which has several different tiers and options that you can support the podcast. And most recently... We have updated the entire back catalog onto YouTube. So if you are a YouTube listener of your podcast. Or if you have like friends that you want to refer to the podcast and maybe they're not regular podcast listeners, you can always just send them a YouTube link because everyone can do that. Episode 27 is our no spoiler intro to the Cosmere episode. It's real good for sharing. That one's clutch. And now it exists on YouTube as well as just multiple playlists of all of our different episodes broken into categories. For example, there's an introductory playlist where you can just have our first 10 episodes and a couple of the other intro ones. So handy. Exactly. I do want to make just a super quick note about our Facebook group. Facebook has been doing this really weird thing where it's not letting me approve people. So if you requested to get into the group and I haven't approved you yet, I'm sorry. It's not because I don't like you. It's just because Facebook is lame. And on Patreon, which is not lame, (laughs) we had a huge turnout in the first couple of weeks since announcing. It has been very humbling and very nice. We wanted to give a special shout out to our first 10 patrons. We're calling them the 10 Heralds of Cosmere Conversations. (laughs) But don't worry, your your lives are going to work out a lot better. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to use just first names here. Brooke, can you go back and forth with me for our 10 heralds of Cosmere Conversations? Of course. Irving. Kyle. Stephanie. Brennan. Robert. Leah. Brian. Billy. John. And Matt. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Now let's get on to the letter. And we've kind of broken this into two 
sections of the letter. There are kind of two different things that happen in this letter from Harmony to Hoyd. The first being sort of a summary of what Harmony has been up to. And then the second section is uh, thoughts on odium. And so we're going to follow that pattern and kind of focus on what Harmony's been up to and some mind-blowing things that he just drops casually as shards apparently Uh. do. And then the second section, which is going to be more on odium and thoughts, theories, questions, queries. Let's begin at the beginning. It's a good place to begin. From Harmony to Hoyd, he says, quote, dear wanderer. Now, Brooke, can you just stop me right there and tell me all of the different names that we know Hoyd by? Yes, we know that by wanderer, Harmony means Hoyd because we have heard many similar uh, aliases for Hoyd throughout the Cosmere, including Romer, Drifter, now Wanderer, and also Traveler. So anytime you see a name in that vein, you can pretty safely assume that it's Hoyd. Please continue. Thank you. Back to the letter. Quote, Dear Wanderer, I did receive your latest communication. Please forgive formality on my part, as we have not met in person. I feel new to this role, despite my years holding it. You will admit to my relative youth, I think. I have been fascinated to discover how much you've accomplished on Scadrill without me noticing your presence. How is it that you hide from shards so well? I am just going to interject here because I do think that that is an interesting question. I don't really have any thoughts on it, but I think that's something to think about as we move forward in the Cosmere. How does Hoyd hide from shards? Is it kind of like a Vasher type thing where he can kind of suppress his investiture in some way i think that that is probably a good guess i would also be very curious if it had a something to do with him picking up the dawn shard which we know Mm. from the other one it doesn't really like to be Mm -hmm. out and about so maybe that's like an innate thing is that dawn shards are insulated from other detection my other question would be does it have something to do with the way that he stores Right. Himself, parts of himself inside mm-hmm. of breaths. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what Vasher's doing too. Right. And so maybe there would be a similar impact. So I would say it's maybe something to do with breath or something to do with the Dawn Shard that he picked up once. An interesting question. Quote, I have reached out to the others as you requested and have received a variety of responses. Much as you indicate, there is a division among the other shards that I would not have anticipated. Endowment, at least, responded to my overtures, though I have not been able to locate invention again following our initial contact. Now, this is our first introduction of a new and new shard, henceforth unknown shard, but it will not be the last of this letter. I feel like there's just a blaring red like alarm that goes off in my brain when I read this. Of course, Endowment is the shard that exists on Nalthus. And Invention, we have heard never before. But I'm imagining it would be so cool if there was like a techno-punk world. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Would you please continue where we just get more and more shard mentions? Oh my gosh. Quote, 
Whimsy was not terribly useful, and mercy worries me. I do think that valor is reasonable, and suggest you approach her again. It has been too long in her estimation since your last conversation. Whimsy, mercy, valor. Boom, boom, boom. Shard, Three shard, shard. new shards in a single epigraph. My mind was blown. And why? Immediate questions just begin jumping out at you. One, Valor is a woman who has talked to Hoyd before or had some type of relationship with Hoyd before. Mercy? Why would Mercy be worrisome? Especially yeah. to Harmony. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Very interesting that Harmony says that Mercy worries him. Now, like, Whimsy. What's going on there? Whimsy is my new favorite shard. Yeah. Period. Makes I sense. Really, really need a Cosmere book on the Whimsy world. I'm thinking that would be like the most uh, fun world that Brandon gets to play. Oh my gosh, it would be amazing. I was just like, that's where you want, you know, he the comic books mentioned... and the artwork and like everything to just go crazy for where and what Whimsy is and looks like. He has mentioned working on a magic system that has to do with kites. And I do feel like a kite-based magic system would be good for a whimsy world. I also thought that Brandon was being really, as he has a tendency to do, you know, he has like kind of strange hobbies and he does them intensely. So I thought he was talking about those like super kites. Have you ever seen those people at the parks when they have like multiple strings Uh and they're like zipping around? So I thought it was like a world that had a lot of wind and they had developed a type of kite system for managing like a (laughs) kind of like a a storm or like a hang glider type thing yes exactly and so it was just like a lot of uh very daredevil-esque kite stuff but i also like the idea of just whimsical Uh, yeah i wanted to just be kites and also hot air balloons oh that's the peak of whimsy in my mind i do also think that these are very interesting shards like not uh, shard names that I would have guessed. Certainly invention, whimsy, kind of Mercy, I feel like makes sense. Like that's something I would have um I would have thought of because I think of the shards, you know, they're kind of aspects of God. Mm-hmm. And so like, okay, mercy, like that's a pretty, you know. To me, valor kind of stays in that vein, but I just don't quite know what the difference between valor and honor would be. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I had the same thought of just like, hmm, those seem a little close. Yes. So I would be interested to see more of valor and the differences there. Shall we continue? We shall. Quote, the deaths of both devotion and dominion trouble me greatly, as I had not realized this immense power we held was something that could be broken in such a way. On my world, the power always gathered and sought a new vessel. That said, the most worrying thing I discovered in this was the wound upon the spiritual realm where ambition, mercy, and odium clash, and ambition was destroyed. The effects on the planet Threnody have been disturbing, end quote. Now, there is one of the biggest reveals. Not only do we get these shards, but we get specific mention that Harmony a dual shard wielder is worried about the wound that was created in the spiritual realm 
where ambition was killed, which we did know, but now we yeah. know that mercy was also involved in it somehow. I think we did know that there was a third shard involved. We just didn't know which shard it was. And we were probably guessing that it was autonomy because of other yeah. things he was I, doing. Yeah, I think that was heavily speculated. But mercy is the confirmed other shard that was at least present, and Harmony is worried about that. And this is just throwing up a thousand and one questions yeah. about mercy. Well, and then as for devotion and dominion, just as like a reminder, those two shards were shattered by Odium and Odium specifically prevented them from, as Harmony says, gathering and seeking a new vessel by shoving them into the cognitive realm and trapping them there, which is where they still are intermingled as the power of the door, which is also why Magic on Cell has a location-based component. Quote, other shards I cannot identify and are hidden to me. I fear that their influence encroaches upon my world, yet I am locked into a strange inability because of the opposed powers I hold. End quote. Now, let's just go over what we have yeah, let's seen in the last pause couple of seconds. Here. Yeah, exactly. Because for years and years, we have been trying as a fan community nonstop just to get more information about the shards and try to get new shard names out of Brandon. And understandably, it is one of the things that he is the most uh, closed lipped on. And so <laughs> to get the names of what, four, five mm -hmm. new shards. All at once. In the space of like three <laughs> chapters was absolutely insane. And it means that we currently know 14 of the original 16 shards. There are only two shards now that we do not know. Of course. So that's very exciting. Ruin and preservation are now held by one person and called Harmony. Right. But they are still two shards. So we're very close and we weren't that close oh my gosh when yeah. rhythm of war began so <laughs> i did not ever expect to get such a huge drop you're of... just hoping for one <laughs> yeah you're exactly for one. You're if we had gotten one i would have been really happy but because we got such cool reveals otherwise in this story the idea that on top of that in this letter we get all of the almost all of the shards how about we just go through some of the key points on the yeah. shards that we feel are connected to what is being talked about here. Yeah. Because... We'll just go in alphabetical order. Sounds great. Ambition is the one that Harmony specifically calls out and this wound mm -hmm. in the spiritual realm created by the death and that we now know that Odium and Mercy took part in that. We don't yeah. know exactly what their role was. Well, Odium, obviously, Ambition was the first shard that Odium went after pretty close to uh, the shattering, pretty much immediately just tracked down Ambition and attacked her. Ambition was held by Uli Da, which we hear in a previous um, letter in one of the other books. And Uli Da was a race called Shodel from Yolen, so another another non-human uh, vessel. And in this fight between Odium and Ambition, there really is only speculation about what has happened and what has occurred. Mm -hmm. But the kind of interesting tidbits that we know is that the fight happened around Threnody 
And then the final death of the Shard Ambition did not happen there. It happened in another location yeah. in the Cosmere. But the clash that happened in the Threnodite system is why Threnody is so weird and crazy. Yeah, specifically we think the illness and the shade the evil exactly all of the stuff that is kind of feels like corruption or messing with threnody we think is a result of this clash what i am interested in and some people have speculated on to try to understand what mercy's role was in this fight is that maybe she was the final blow the mercy killing at the end of a long struggle and battle and that it was not odium who actually killed or ended ambition but instead mercy which kind of lines up with that idea of maybe in a moment at the end it is mm -hmm. merciful to kill someone rather than to leave them alive but we also don't know. Mercy could have been conducting the entire thing. She could be the big bad of the actual Cosmere. Oh we my don't gosh. know. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good theory. Next, we have Autonomy, who is currently on Taldane as the sun creating our white sand. However, Autonomy has created many different avatars throughout the Cosmere, including the island Patji on First of the Sun. And in White Sand, there is a male avatar of autonomy. Yes. And that avatar's name is Trell. Yes. Trell, we also hear mentioned on Skadriel. We don't know if it is just another avatar or the same one that was mentioned in White Sand, but we see that directly from the comic. There are human avatars, and then we know that Pachi is an island avatar, yeah. The power of autonomy is re residing in the sun of Taldane. It is very interesting how autonomy is manifesting everywhere. And we thought, or still kind of continue to think, that autonomy is one of the big bads of the Cosmere or just involved in every different aspect of the Cosmere, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely see that if sort of Cosmere endgame is for the shards to recombine and to add a nauseum, autonomy would be your biggest fight against that because obviously it wants to be autonomous. <laughs> Next, we have Cultivation. We've already talked about her quite a bit. She's on Rashar. And so we'll move right along to... Devotion and Dominion, who Burke already mentioned, were based on Cell and were splintered by Odium trapped in that cognitive realm, creating the magic system there. That's a little wonky compared to some of the others. One interesting note that I found out about Devotion and Dominion being the door is that we already know with the power being in the cognitive realm, it's doing some weird things. And the land is gaining sentience. I also learned when taking notes for this episode that also because it's in the cognitive realm, it has gained some rudimentary emotions like a spren. And I think what Harmony will say to Hoyt at the end of this letter about Odium can also be applied to the power of dominion and devotion mm -hmm. uh, so keep that in mind when we get to the end of this episode as well then we'll go on to endowment which is on nalthus 
Honor is, of course, the other shard that existed on Rashar. We know its backstory quite well. <laughs> Obviously, Odium. Which is now Teravodium, yes. held by Teravangian. <laughs> we'll talk about that a lot. A lot. Preservation and Ruin from Scadriel, both deceased now. Their original vessel is deceased, held by Zaze, who goes by Harmony. Then we have our new guys, Invention. Mercy, Valor, and... Whimsy! The other two, we do not know. Brandon has said that a one of the shards just wants to survive. Yeah, we to do... hide and survive, which could be one of the, the... shards that we've just been given. Exactly. Uh, so, for example, Zazed Harmony says that invention is difficult to locate. Maybe that's because he just wants to survive. Hide and, and survive, exactly. yeah. So it could also be the last of the remaining two shards we do not know, and I would expect that that's going to be held in the back pocket of Brandon for a yeah. little while now since he's he dropped <laughs> so many, and there's so many different ways we can go with this. Okay, back to our letter. Quote, I have begun searching for a pathway out of this conundrum by seeking the ideal person to act on my behalf, someone who embodies both preservation and ruin. A sword, you might say who can both protect and kill, end quote. I thought this was super interesting because uh, the description is obviously the words that are used to describe Kaladin all the time. But I think that Harmony is talking about wax. Of course, because that also gives us a moment in time for where this letter is. Yes. It would be after Mistborn Era 1 and most likely in the time period when Wax is very young or kind it's of... Probably before the events of Era 2, like but, when uh, yeah. he when he's in the roughs. Exactly. Yeah. Because Harmony is... If Wax is this sword that Harmony is creating, then it lines up perfectly. And what we hear from Harmony to Wax points us into this direction that I can't do the things that need to be done and I am creating you... By the way, sorry for like all the hardship in your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love that connection to Kaladin as well. Because I thought it was really interesting. If, you know, what is the possibility of a wax Kaladin team up where yeah. they are the protectors slash killers of the shards on their respective planets? So like honors champion mm -hmm. becomes kaladin who's able to both protect and fight and harmony's champion in the same way so you have all of these different kind of manifestations of the same ideal or same concept on each of the different planets it would then make me wonder like oh do all the shards have champions are all <laughs> of them creating this type of thing for the battle to come let's continue on with the Rest of the letter, quote, but this does not get to the core of your letter. I have encouraged those who would speak to me to heed your warnings, but all seem content to ignore Odium for the time being. In their opinion, he is no threat as long as he remains confined in the Risharian system. I do not share their attitude. If you can, as you suppose, maintain Odium's prison for now, it would give us necessary time to plan. 
this is a threat beyond the capacity of one shard to face. End quote. I find that admitting of the limitations of a shard to maybe be mm. something only Zays could do. Like, Zays is the one who is the most connected to his human form, the mm. most connected to his own life, his mm -hmm. own struggles, his own failings. And he was able to merge all of that into someone who could take and hold both of the shards. But it's probably been a long time since any of the other shards felt that. Yeah. And that is why they are so content to just sit back and relax. It's like, that's what we've always done. It's been thousands upon thousands of years. Like, relax, new kid on the block. <laughs> and I think his... Well, also like... Yeah, they're just thinking if Odium can't get them to shatter them, splinter them, then what do they have to be worried about? Like, they don't care about another world across the Cosmere. And it is, of course, this line about buying them time by maintaining the prison, exactly what Wit and the others set up at the end with their deal, of course, doesn't go exactly as planned, yes, they, they, <laughs> but uh, they do try. And it is a deal that will still bind Teravodium as well. Quote, Unfortunately, as proven by my own situation, the combination of shards is not always a path to greater power. We must assume that Odium has realized this and is seeking a singular terrible goal, the destruction and somehow splintering or otherwise making impotent of all shards other than him. To combine powers would change and distort who Odium is, so instead of absorbing others, he destroys them. Since we are all essentially infinite, he needs no more power. Destroying and splintering the other shards would leave Odium as the sole god, unchanged and uncorrupted by other influences. End quote. So... There it is laid out. Yeah. I mean, I think this was kind of always our assumption mm -hmm. anyway, that Odium didn't want to corrupt itself with other influences. And that's why he's just destroying all the other ones. But here we have it just in plain old English. And I feel again that this concept of harmony being limited in their action because of the holding of two shards is also representing a kind of bigger problem yeah. of if we want or think that the shards can all just be pushed back together and that will make ad nauseum, mm -hmm. it's probably not the case. And Harmony's already the example of just, mm. they might actually yeah. be lesser than they were as a whole. Yeah. Um, and you can't just add them back together to make the same thing. It would probably be like a, a null result or, or like something. maybe that's why these you know the original vessels shattered at an in the first place yeah, because absolutely. they were like why aren't you doing anything god mm -hmm. you know and figured out that if they broke it apart those parts would have more agency to act in the world this question does seem to come up a lot in just human religions as well the idea of like yeah. how could such a benevolent god let or like terrible things it, yeah, happen. If God is all powerful, then why isn't he doing anything about XYZ? And if you go exploring that thought to its logical conclusion, you might get to the point of, well, God is impotent because he is so powerful. And so we need to divide up that power. And then that would be the beginning of our Cosmere. <laughs> uh, so it's just a from one 
way of thinking about the world. Now they have this new way. It truly is an amazing beginning of like a concept and just the birth of an idea and just watch Mm -hmm. everything come from that is really incredible. And like all of the power-ups that Brandon writes about, you know, he's big on uh, limitations to power and, you know, just as important as the depiction of things people can do with this great power is the depiction of all the things that they cannot do and there are limitations. And I like that he extends that all the way up the chain to the shards so that although they are incredibly powerful and as Sazed says, infinite, they still have limits on what they can do. Continuing the letter, quote, You say the power itself must be treated as separate in our minds from the vessel who controls it. Say that again. You say that the power itself must be treated as separate in our minds from the vessel who controls it. I think that that is an important point to remember. Continue. I find this difficult to do on an intrinsic level, as although I am neither ruin nor preservation, they make up me. Regardless, I will try to do as you suggest. However, you seem more afraid of the vessel. I warn you that this is a flaw in your understanding. I want to stop you there. I think that the cause for this, the reason that Hoyd is more focused on the vessel, Raysa, is because he knew Raysa. Mm -hmm. He knows the person that was Raysa before he became a vessel. And so in Hoyd's mind, he is continuing to think of that person that he knew because that's what we do. We always gravitate towards the familiar and the things that we know because they're so much easier for us to comprehend and wrap our heads around. And while Hoyd is certainly a powerful character and a character that has held much power, he is not a shard and he is not aware of what the power that says now holds and all our shards hold and so of course he would focus on the things that he knows and then just take his limited understanding of what power means and just be like okay well it's like a few levels above that but what zays is saying is that your focus on the vessel is flawed and what you need to focus on is the power the shard itself and so this is when we're always talking about odium versus Raysa or Ruin and Preservation versus Zazed, on down the list, it's important to keep those things separated in our mind. The power of the shard is not the same as the vessel. To continue, quote, You have not felt what I have. You have not known what I have. You rejected that chance, and wisely, I think. However, though you think not as a mortal, you are their kin— The power of Odium's shard is more dangerous than the mind behind it, particularly since any investiture seems to gain a will of its own when not controlled, end quote. I think that's amazing because what we just talked about when it comes to dominion and devotion Mm -hmm. powers gaining some emotions or kind of base sentience. And that, Harmony says, applies to anything of investiture like you give investiture enough time and it begins to wonder which is what we see with the spren and you know everything 
like that, these pieces of investiture gain sentience. I do think like we really want to highlight that Harmony says the power of Odium Shard is more dangerous than the mind behind it, which we already have some basis for because previously we've heard Hoyd say as like an example of why we should be so worried about Odium. He gives Ati and Ruin as that example, quote, Ati was once a kind and generous man and you saw what became of him. So, you know, from that, you would think that Hoyd would know that the power is more important than the person holding it. But then in this, uh, this is an epigraph from The Way of Kings way back in the day. <laughs> this goes on to say, quote, Raisa, on the other hand, was among the most loathsome, crafty, and dangerous individuals I have ever met. He holds the most frightening and terrible of all the shards end quote. So that kind of wraps it around and is the reason maybe why Hoyd feels like the vessel may be at least as significant as the power in this case. Yeah, because that concept of a vessel and a shard being mismatched, how it seems that Ati was mismatched with Ruin, is so interesting because we Harmony is basically saying like, the shard power will win. Whatever yeah. you bring to the table, the power it is... It will corrupt you and exactly. subsume you. Yes. And so if Odium wants now to destroy everything, it's not Race's fault, quote unquote. Like, Race might have brought a bad hand to the table. Right. But it is the power itself. And we I see this multiple times. I think there is an element in- of both you know where like obviously you would be better off if you gave odium Mm -hmm. a really nice happy vessel because you would have like more time until it completely degraded whereas if you already start with someone who has a lot of odium in them you know your 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 time of degradation is gonna shorten a whole lot before bad things start to happen and we will talk more about Teravangian specifically, but in every single moment of Rhythm of War where we see Teravangian and Odium interacting, it is apparent that something is wrong with Odium. Like every single medium, there is Mm -hmm. light leaking out of him and he has to focus to make the light go away. He is being basically acting like he's bored and frustrated and angry and he's venting to Teravangian in ways that like he shouldn't be and doesn't it, need yeah to be. it's just mentioned a lot that he is very human yes and he can be tricked by Teravangian uh who is not at his best and that realization is what sets up Teravangian's end motivations but like race is breaking in some ways at the point of rhythm of war and it is most likely that power reaching out to move past maybe a failed vessel in some way. Like, Raysa had a couple of strikes mm. against him, and the power still wants what it wants, and maybe it felt that yeah. Raysa was a failure uh, and, you know, was trying to get out, basically. Mm, yeah, I don't know how much um, how much sentience mm-hmm. I want to give the power outside of the vessel but i think you're right that the power is always going to 
be the power. And like, you know, ruin is always going to want to ruin things to promote entropy. You there's nothing you can do that will necessarily stop that. However, to come back to our letter from Harmony, quote, my instincts say that the power of odium is not being controlled well. The vessel will be adapted to the power's will. And after this long, if odium is still seeking to destroy, then it, it is because of the power. Of course, I admit this is a small quibble, a difference of semantics more than anything. In truth, it would be a combination of the vessel's craftiness and the power's intent that we should fear most. Regardless, please make yourself known to me when you travel my lands. It is distressing that you think you need to move in the shadows. End quote. So that is the very end of the letter, and it is a Harmony second thought, or like his closing remark that to me jumps out because of that word craftiness. The- yeah, I do think that that's the thing to highlight in there, that the real thing to fear is the combination of the power and the person who takes the power. Yes. That's what you really need to watch out for. Hoyd mentions, as you just said, uh, that Raisa was loathsome and crafty. And then at the end of Rhythm of War, we give, not we give, but the power of Odium is taken upon by probably the craftiest individual that we knew on Rashar in the form of Teravangian. The ascendance of Teravodium, the setup here in the letter, where it's very clear that it's talking about what is going to happen at the end of this book. Yeah, so for listeners, if you've been wondering why we haven't done a Teravodium episode yet, it's because we wanted to do this one first. (laughs) Gotta set the stage. (laughs) Yeah, because it really does set the stage so well. Like These are all of the concepts that we need to be thinking about when we're thinking about Teravodium and what it means. Now, when Teravangian picked up the power, he said this, quote, On the other side was his fury, the terrible fury, like an unbridled storm, churned and burned within him. It, too, was so overwhelming he could barely control it, end quote. That's the power of Odium. The Teravangian is now like a dam in front of a massive amount of water or a massive amount of spiritual realm power and maybe Raisa, you know after so much time and a couple of failures broke and was not able to contain all of that fury yeah it is it's kind of an interesting thing because we see in Mistborn Secret History that if a vessel is not at least in some way, aligned with the intent of the shard, Mm -hmm. they can't really hold it. And from what Hoyd says, it seems like Raisa was quite aligned with the intent of the shard. But then maybe that is what like prevents him from controlling the power well, because he is like too much like the shard, maybe. Not distinct enough to separate yeah, himself from the power. Yeah, to like really fight against it because power. as an individual, he's already yeah. predisposed to all of the things that the Shard like wants him to do. Well, I don't know. Harmony does say that he is holding ruin and preservation, but they are not me. Mm-hmm. If someone was very inclined to be like Odium, then picked up 
the shard of odium, maybe they would just be like, well, of course the power is me. And so they just mm. become odium completely. They lose that connection to, you know, whatever was them. But right before Teravangian picks it up, when the vacuum is created by mm-hmm. Nightblood, he says that he's able to reach out because he feels a connection to the power of odium, capital C connection. So I do think you're right that in order to pick up the power, you do have to have a capital C connection to the shard. And that is why someone like Kelsier could never fully wield the power of preservation. But I wonder too, like... Reza seemed to really have a strategy, right? Like he had a big plan with what he was going to do with his power. He was going to, you know, go across the Cosmere, wage this Cosmere-wide war. You know, he knew who was going to be his champion, his armies, blah, blah, blah. Like maybe he was too logical for the Shard, where the Shard is like really more about emotion and passion like it says maybe that's why there was kind of a disconnect and he wasn't able to control it as well i think that that is a good guess and we're just speculating here of course but i believe that we should just try to take as much of what harmony is saying here as the important like I think that what we are seeing happen is because of the power of odium the logical or strategic wills of Rasa, I don't think are the thing that was the driving force. I think that the power of Odium was, as Harmony says, controlled poorly. And basically, if the Shard is still doing all of these things after this much time has passed, it's because that's what the Shard wants to do. So I feel like if that's what the shard wants to do, then Rasa's in the way. Rasa is not, as you said, like a mastermind of the planning He because he keeps failing. So maybe that was like the original plan, basically, that Rasa is going to develop this great way to conquer the universe, but then for thousands of years he'd been trapped in the Rasharian system, and the power's like, you don't work anymore. You're, <sighs> you're not good enough to be held by me, um, but I still want all of those things. I also have a kind of what if race is actually the good guy or we <laughs> and think Hoyt just didn't like him. Yeah. Like we think Teravodium is going to be worse. And like, what if Rasa was holding back in some way? What if this was the control that he could put on? He's like, yeah, we're yeah. going to use the Parshendi. They're really great. And the power is like, yes, yes, yes. Right. And race is knowingly, walking into traps over and over again mm-hmm. um again kind of more like the lord ruler than any of the shards that we've seen yeah but how you could imagine a world where you want something for a very long time uh until you get it or you get very close and you realize the thing you wanted is actually not good and you wanted to change your mind I'm not saying that's 100 but i just like to throw out as many options as possible <laughs> my last little takeaway from the epigraph was really trying to combine everything that we learned from Rhythm of War and just focus on Harmony's fears as recognize the legitimacy of (laughs) Harmony's narrative because what he is worried about clearly is this wound that was created in the spiritual realm by the destruction of ambition Mm -hmm. 
where Odium and Mercy were present. There's a user who we've mentioned before, threw out a theory a couple of months ago. It is user Ulthwithian who really brought this connection out where what if the way that the spiritual realm works, we believe to be infinite and also disconnected from space and time. Mm -hmm. Like the cognitive realm, the physical realm are definitely linked by both space and time, but the spiritual realm we believe just kind of exists all at once. Mm -hmm. The background energy of the universe or something. If Harmony is worried about a wound that was created long ago in his past, maybe it's because that wound is happening all at once because it's happening in the spiritual realm. So it is still a wound. It's like an open, festering wound that never heals. Yeah. I mean, I do think that it's not healed yet. I'm even wondering if it is uh, Taln's scar or like the group of red stars that are in the sky. Yeah. I've seen a theory that that is actually the death place uh-huh. of the Shard of Ambition. ambition. Uh-huh. Um, and the fight happened around Threnody and then Taln's scar because of the redness. It's been said in a word of Brandon that the color associated with ambition was red. And we'll hold on that for a second. But I just think it's important to point out that maybe there's like what happened to the Elantrians when if they get injured, it never heals. Mm -hmm. It just stays painful forever. What if that's happening at the spiritual realm location where Ambition died and just like all throughout the Cosmere, you can feel this pain associated with the wound left by ambition it does seem like any scar on the spiritual realm would have some effect on like the cosmere as a whole yes of course because we see the effects of a single shard like devotion dominion and how that can throw Mm -hmm. off the planet clearly threnody things thrown off the planet so and everything is coming from the spiritual realm. Yeah. And so you would think there would be at least, maybe it's only a minor effect, but a at least something. A minor effect over all time, like yeah. all history, is what Ulthwithian pointed out. If the color of ambition is red, and when we see corruption from one shard over another, it's always portrayed as red. This is true even if the corruption is not coming from odium. So originally we were like odium equals red, but then we saw autonomy, quote unquote, corrupting things, mm-hmm. and it also manifested as red. So Old Withian pointed out maybe what's going on is that the wound created by ambition is now allowing for corruption, allowing for the shards to corrupt other things. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's basically like, using some type of loophole or mechanism that didn't exist and now does exist. So maybe the right. shards were in more balance. Just and some now kind they're... of alteration to the fundamental spiritual energy that powers everything that is now allowing for corruption when previously maybe they were not able to corrupt each other. That's the wildest theory that I've got from like this it. letter. And you can reach out to us. Let us know what you think on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, obviously. Hit us up on YouTube. We don't care. (laughs) Brooke, we have one 
Stormlight Archive explained badly for this week. Yes, we do. I like it quite a lot. This is from Joy Basham. Quote, it's a story about an emo, a liar, a tyrant, and Adolin. <laughs> that real MVP Adolin Colin. So true. Brooke, can you take us away? Until next time, life before death. Strength before weakness. Journey before destination. Journey before destination.